Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. How can I, like, jump on that? Like, <laughs> if you need to take a moment and, like, go get your mama, I understand. Um, hi. Hi, guys. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, well, the thing about Mother's Day is it relates to everybody because we all came here through a mother, correct? We all have some sort of tie to a mama. And today, before I begin, you might think to yourself, well, Susie, she's like, you know, been in ministry for a while. She's a teacher. She probably knows how to mother pretty well. Well, I want to level the playing field real quick. And I've, I've pre- I want to present to you a slideshow of my best mom moments. Are you ready for this? Okay, let's start us off. Number one, the first time I ever let Lily bake bread with me. This went really well. She felt as though the, the little trigger that you turn on the KitchenAid should go full bore the, at first, you know. And we hadn't even gotten in the, just the flour was in there. So we had a little flour bath. Proud of you, Lily. She's actually quite a good little baker now, but this was where she started. So great job, Lily. Okay, number two, don't show it yet. This one has, oh, you showed it. Just go ahead and show it. This was the year I let Sean pick out the costumes for, or the, he thought costume, but it was actually their Christmas photo. And they were looking like this. So look at Miles's face. He's so mad. He, he's reflecting my feeling about this choice from Sean Lind. All right, number three, um, this was the day I thought Miles really should be introduced to Santa, even though we really didn't give that pretense, uh, you know, if there's any small children here, I don't think there are, but um, we just sort of never really talked about it that much, but this is how Miles felt about us introducing um, Santa. It's a wonderful day. Get the picture, you know? Okay, so there's another wonderful moment of my parenting. This one is probably my favorite. I really felt like Miles would love the roller coaster situation. So Lily was all about it, and it was just this tiny little roller coaster. Go ahead and show this. I'm going to actually, this is him coming off the ride. He didn't want to talk to me for two hours. That is him bare-knuckling, screaming the whole time. My son, just yiping, and he has a pretty high-pitched scream. Another amazing moment for my mothering. Um, And fifth of all, go ahead and show this one. This one is, I mean, does it explain itself? You guys, I don't even know how this happened. I, I, was, I think I don't even know where I was. All I know is I came out to the table, and that is what was presented to me. My entire blush stick was gone. Um, I'm not sure she could have eaten some. There's a chance. Uh, and that, my friends, is Lily, Lily May. <laughs> so she hasn't touched the stuff since. Don't worry. Um, I don't care who you are. If you are a mom in this house, or if you have a mom, or if you are... I'm going to list moms in a minute. You, mo- everyone thinks, well, some moms probably just do this with ease. But the fact is, it is not the childbirthing that makes this hard. It is not the sleepless nights that make this hard. It is not the dirty dishes that are ever, and the laundry that literally never goes away. That is not what it is. For me, mothering, the hardest part is, of mothering is always questioning whether you're doing a good job or not. That is literally the hardest part. The burden of knowing that you have to (laughs) care enough for this little child to grow into a human 
that number one is a good human and a good citizen, but more importantly in our family that loves Jesus. That's a big burden to carry. And so I thought today I'd go a little on the lighter side and I wanted to reflect on a couple moms. So I'm going to actually read this because I just sort of unpacked in my mind all the moms I could think of. Are you ready for this? Real quick. <clears throat> Here's the moms I want to speak to today. This is a very tall table. Here, <laughs> yet to be mamas. You yet to be mamas. You have toyed with the idea that, and you want to be a mama, but you're not a mama yet. And you're toying with the idea that maybe you did something wrong, that something is awry. And you want a baby, but it's not currently at your feet. Soon to be mamas. Soon to be mamas, you're already questioning if you're going to do this huge job very well. Mamas with grown-up babies, you consider whether could you have done a better job. You question all the things that had transpired from the years. Mamas with healthy kids, you worry all the time that maybe your babies won't be taken care of by others. Mamas with babies that have special needs, you question if, if people are doing what's best for your babies inside of school and outside of school and all around. Working mamas, you question if you're spending enough quality time with your kids. Stay-at-home mamas, you're grateful to be at home, but at times you become discouraged and defeated because your babies are driving you crazy. Homeschool mamas, you question if they are actually getting the education that's needed. Public school mamas, you feel somewhat guilty because you're not a homeschool mama. Mamas that have tragically lost a baby. I'm going to camp out on this one just real quick, okay? <clears throat> this one has, I have never, I did not go through a miscarriage, but I have been a part. I've been in the delivering room when my very best friend delivered a stillborn baby. And I held that little baby. And so I'm going to take a moment because in churches today, while lots of us are celebrating the joy of becoming a mom, there are many women who this, is a this holiday acts as a dichotomy. On one way, they're happy because they may have other children, but in the other way, it's a reminder of what was lost and the life they never got to see come to fruition. As I was processing that this weekend, I felt like I needed to honor those mamas. And so this is an LED light um, that doesn't go out. You just have to replace the batteries. Of course, it's a candle representing the lives of those babies that you may have lost. And I wrapped it in real leather. It's real leather on the bottom. And I thought about the fabric of leather and how it has a longevity. And that a mama's love, it doesn't matter if that baby's here or in heaven, is literally forever. And I want to take a moment to allow you mamas that have lost a baby to grieve. And it's okay that this day hurts as much as it is wonderful. And it's okay for you to still love that child and even want to talk about it. We live in a nation today that do not allow any, the, our, our, really our citizen of America, there's not a place to mourn. But I want it to be okay. I want here at Streams, if you have a pain or a struggle or something you're going through, it's okay. You can be sad for a moment. You can grieve as long as you need to. And so today, if you have lost a baby, or more than one baby, can you please, it's a gift from me to you. There's different colors. Hopefully one matches your decor. 
and just put it on a shelf to honor that little baby. That's life that you always will wonder what would it have been like. So on the, at the end of service, you can come and pick one of these up. Another mama is single mamas. <clears throat> we don't talk enough about single mamas in the church, but they're amazing, right? If you know a single mama, which they're incredible. Single mamas, they worry too that they weren't enough for their babies. Grandmamas, they worry about the times that we're living in and whether it will be safe for their daughters to have daughters. Adopted mamas and foster mamas. For a split second, they question maybe doubting their maternal skills to this child. So I thought it best today to talk about mamas. More specifically, mamas in the Bible. And so I've entitled this message, and I think you're going to be kind of surprised. Worst mamas ever. I know you're like, what? Well, leave it to me. The first mom we're going to talk about is actually the first mom, Eve. And, of course, we can go barrage again through all her misdoings in the garden, but we're going to go right past that, okay? <laughs> and we're going to talk about what she did as a mother. And she produced, obviously, Cain and Abel. And as you know, those little guys, I can imagine them in the garden throwing rocks at each other <laughs> right from the start. They were, so, uh, they were so divided that it actually end, it went to blows, right? And maybe you're a mama or a dad that can actually understand this, and you have been at Target when your kids are going at it, or somewhere at the bank where it's all quiet, or even worse, the library. But just like Eve, we can all sometimes carry the label, my kids fight. Yes? <laughs> Second, mom, in Genesis, before we go on, actually, in Genesis 4, 8, it says, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let go out, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and Abel and killed him. This is like the first brotherly love. And here's what we have. Can you imagine the burden that Eve carried? I mean, she's like, what am I doing wrong? And she didn't have anybody to look to. She didn't have a grandma to go ask. Have you ever thought through that? She didn't have any resources. She didn't get the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. She had nothing like that. Poor Eve. I feel for her. I know we can all relate to this, our kids fighting. Second mama going on. I'm going to go fast today. Is that okay with you guys? Can you handle it? Rebecca. Sweet Rebecca, which I, by the way, I'm going to spell her name wrong on this next slide, but I fixed it. Don't worry, I edited it, but you'll see the edit. Her, um, she bore... Jacob and Esau. And to truth be told, in my opinion, Becca, Rebecca, broke like the moral code of moms. And we all know that as moms, we cannot choose a side. Do you know what I'm saying? We can't say we like one kid or over the other. And really, in our hearts, we should make a decision to not like one kid over the other. Amen? But Rebecca did. She straight up chose a side. She straight up chose one that she liked more. And not only that, she helped him deceive, lie, and cheat his brother and his father on his deathbed, no less, for the birthright. This is in the Bible, you guys. 
These are the moms that we're supposed to look to. So my label for her, I play favorites. And maybe you can grab a hold of that in your heart. Maybe you're like, you know what, Suze, I, sometimes I do, if I'm honest. <laughs> All right, the next mom. Um, if you want to see the reference to Rebecca, see, I spelled her name wrong. Genesis 27, 12, 13. Moving on to our third mom, which is Mary. Now, I know what you're thinking, Suze. You can't include her in the worst mom's list because she is the mother of Jesus. And we know she is amazing. But I don't know if you remember this part of her story. One day on the way to the Passover, after the old festival was over, she straights up loses Jesus. She loses her own kid. She lost her kid. And he was Jesus. You don't lose Jesus. Like, you can lose another kid, but not Jesus. <laughs> and I've been there. How many of you have accidentally lost your child before? <laughs> we lost Miles in Legoland. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I was never more panicked in my whole life. I, about, I, was, I literally thought I was going to die because I couldn't find him. You, you know I have a boisterous, loud voice. I think all of Legoland heard me scream out Miles. I'm pretty sure if you were to, to record how loud that was, it was never louder in all of the land. Um, but yes, Mary did lose baby Jesus. You can see that, but he wasn't a baby. He was more like a teenager, preteen. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem, this is in Luke, for the festival of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem but they were unaware of it. Now I want to let you know something. I lost Miles for about two minutes. Mary straight up lost Jesus for like half a day. <laughs> straight up. Okay, so obviously her label is, I lost my child. <laughs> Just lost him, couldn't find him. He was not playing hide and seek. Okay, moving on to my next one. My next one is Sarah, and who was formerly Sarai. We know Sarah's story. She could not... She was having trouble having a baby. Um, I've been there too. I've actually walked that walk. It took Sean and I four years to end up with this sweet little bundle of joy. Um, I had her named, signed, sealed, and delivered two years before she came to be. <laughs> um, I knew that the ultrasound, when, when they did the ultrasound for her, it was going to be a girl because God had placed that little girl in my heart two years prior to having her. It was a miracle. Um, we, don't, we still don't know. They say di probably diabetes. I am a type 1 diabetic. I'm not sure if you know that. But they, um, they don't know why it took us so long. At one point, the doctor said, why don't you guys go get tests? And we're we said, no, thank you. We don't want to play the blame. No blame game. It doesn't matter. If God wants us to have a kid, we'll, you know, he'll work that out. And so I actually understand the story of Sarai, Sarah. Um, what part I don't understand is when she gave her husband away to another lady. <laughs> I... I don't have any empathy on that front. I literally like Sean so much. No one else may have him. <laughs> um, and she brings into the story Hagar. Do you know the story of Hagar? She was his maidservant, and um, she actually ends up being the concubine that carries a child in place of Sarah because Sarah couldn't, um, in her own mind, she just didn't want to just wait for Jesus and trust him. She didn't want to trust him at that moment. She wanted to get herself in there and help out a little. And so she brought in Hagar to the situation. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually pause on my worst moms in the world because I want to talk about Hagar. This wasn't even really a part of the message, but then I felt like the Lord was like, you got to talk about this, so I'm doing it. 
Hagar's story is absolutely incredible, and I feel like it represents adopted moms, stepmoms, um, and, and single moms. And I, I promise on my life that Jesus loves these kind of mamas. If you read this story, Hagar is absolutely distraught. Sarah was awful to her, so bad so, so bad that she left her home when she's pregnant and went out into the desert because she's like, I'd rather be out here than deal with Sarah hurting me so badly. We don't know how bad the torment was, but it was bad enough to send her away. Oops, Sarah, right? Hagar's out there in the desert. Do you know that the Lord sends an angel to straight up talk to her? Just plops down an angel right in Hagar's path. And he tells her about Ishmael. She's going to have a son, and he's going to be amazing, basically is what he says. I want to read you the verse that we see in the Bible when, when it comes to Hagar. It'll also be up there. Well, maybe not. It might not be in there. Genesis 16, 13 says, She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. And she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. I want all stepmoms, single moms, adopted foster moms to understand, God sees you. He sees what you've done. He sees what you're doing. He knows the hardship of bringing in a child into your home that it wasn't from your tummy. <laughs> he knows what it's like and the burden of being a stepmom sometimes dealing with the other family. He knows how it feels that you're questioning if you've adopted a child. He knows what, it like, what it's like for you to be carrying in the desert all the jobs that both you and someone else should be carrying. He sees you and he knows you. I just needed to camp out there for a second. I will tell you, one of the, story, one of the parts in my story that I have to stop and address real quick is that I would not be who I am if God did not send me my stepmom. My real mama showed me about Jesus, but Edie, through her life, showed me his power, his strength, and how I can be who I am through him. She showed me identity. I will never, ever, ever stop thanking the Lord for sending me my stepmom. Now, it wasn't always like that. <laughs> I will tell you, in high school, I would lay down in the, on the tile in our, in our kitchen floor. I was a junior and senior. I was a big, fat mess. I'm just going to be honest. I had a lot of trauma in my life. And I'd lay down, and Edie knew that if Susie was laying all sprawled out on the kitchen floor, that it was time to get a talking to. And she would come and give up her time. She had already raised her kids. She didn't need to raise another. But she stepped in in that place. And so, Edie, I honor you today for choosing to be my mama. Thank you. Next up, I want to talk to you. And it is going to turn a little bit. Sarah does, in my opinion, and this is my label for her, and I think probably what she struggled with, at times, she didn't trust God's plans with her kids. And this one, for me, I've got to be honest, I sometimes dabble in this too. I've got to work hard to just put my kids back on in God's hands. 
I want to get in there and make sure they never hear a cuss word in their whole life, which is absolutely impossible, just so you know. <laughs> I try to, I, you know how they call moms like helicopter moms? I'm, quite, I'm sort of like a spiritual helicopter mom. <laughs> I, I'm just being honest with you. This one I can carry if I, if I choose to let myself go there. Because I work really hard to try to make sure my kids are protected. But a lot of the times, I still, even in all my efforts, I still don't get it right. I have to hand that over to Jesus. Maybe many of you can understand this label that Sarah wore. The last one, and this one's quite actually quite sad. Bathsheba. Bathsheba's story is her son is nameless because she made the choice and i'm going to go i'm going to come back to that cuz i really studied this out i didn't want to get this wrong of course david had the ability cuz he was the king to call any woman he wanted into his bed but he called bathsheba she actually could have gone home and told her husband exactly what happened when he came back from war but she didn't she kept it a secret and now I'm not going to judge her motives. I'm not going to judge. She actually sends a secret note to David to let him know that they are with child. More secrecy. So you have to see in there, there's a little com- compliancy or complicity. She, she was involved, is what I'm saying. And unfortunately, whether she was a bystander, maybe in her own viewpoint, or in her heart, she had actually been unfaithful to her husband and created a child. The fact is, is that baby didn't get to make it. And there was a direct connection to their choices. So can you imagine wearing the label? And maybe some of you can understand this. My choices literally destroyed my child's life. And maybe some of you might sit in here and you have adult kids that have made some interesting choices and you can reflect on that and say, I can see where my choices and the way I went back then made them choose a way that I don't really agree with right now. And you can't help but go backwards and think, well, if I had a time machine and I could do it again, I would have chosen a different way. I think the reason why I wanted to show all of these things is because these women knew God. They knew God and they did these things. Some of them served him, talked to him, spoke with him. Some of them were so pure, they were chosen to carry our Savior. Now, why should that encourage our hearts? I think it's because, in some way, we are like all of those women. In some way, we as moms are just trying our best. And then we question our best all the time. But what does Jesus say about this? I feel in my hearts that it's time for the church to remind mamas that they need to take a bird's eye view, step back from their current situation, all tight and comfortable in their homes, and look what God is doing. He is doing a new thing. I pray every day for revival to strike my daughter's generation, my son's generation. They are who is going to bring the revival that's spoken about. Do you realize that? Do you know historically there has never been a revival situation coming out of old people? <laughs> I am not going to bring about revival, me in my 40s, okay? <laughs> it is going to be our children. It is going to be our youth. 
That's what God wants to remind you. And if you have, you already are in the place where you have adult children, then you better start praying for those grandbabies. Revival is coming. It's coming, and we should be praying for it. Because when it hits our kids, it hits us. (laughs) So with that in mind, I'm going to sort of change it around a little bit. Because I want to show you what, come out, what, what came out of these worst moms ever. Are you ready for that? So starting off with Eve. Eve, she was the mother to all men. She started us all off. We wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for Eve. And then we have Sarah. She gave us Isaac. And that story in itself, a mother of the nation. Do you realize she's even in the Hebrews 4, the like, book of fame for people who had faith? Mary obviously gave us our Savior. Rebecca ends up giving us Jacob, who then in turn gives us Joseph. And who doesn't love the story of Joseph and learn so much from that story? It's not always. And then lastly, one more. Bathsheba gives us Solomon, who rebuilt the temple. It's not always. It's not always right in front of us. Sometimes you have to wait a generation. Sometimes all the hoeing and the digging and the striving and the trying and the praying and the faith keeping, you got to wait. You got to hold on to the fact that what you're doing right now, if God is calling you to do it, keep it up. When you're really tired and it's really hard, it's probably not tomorrow that you're going to see all that God has. It's probably the next generation. But the enemy. He doesn't want you to believe that. He wants you to sit, sit in the here and now. And he wants to drive us crazy with what we've done wrong. But that's not God's heart. And maybe some of this is even affecting you as a father. Maybe some of these thoughts hit you as a father, and that's okay too. What I love about Jesus is he gives us scriptures to hold on to. And so when I was parenting, and I, I again, I... I'm not the best parent. The only thing I know to do is to look to Jesus. Galatians 2.20, which Sean is unpacking Galatians for us and doing an amazing job. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> In um, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Even as a mama, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me as a mom. <laughs> the momming, I now mom in the body. <laughs> I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not going to try to do this in my own strength. It's a wild ride. So I just, I'm going to actually ask the band to come on up. Would you guys come on up? Which, didn't they do awesome? Is it beautiful for you to see the next generation get up here and tickle the ivory? Jacob doing a great job. That last song, that was so good. I'm reminded about how much I wanted to serve God when I was that age, thanks to my parents bringing me to church. I'm reminded the passion that would stir in my heart for the things that God wanted. I'm reminded at looking at the people in my church thinking, will I ever be good enough for Jesus to save I remember the small talks Edie would give me or the notes she would write me as we sat together in church encouraging my faith. 
You are so important, moms. You are so important. I have four last little things I want to say, some strategies that I use to keep me on the right path when I'm momming. Here they are, my last slide for the day. Stop comparing yourself to other mamas. You're you. Jesus didn't give your kids to somebody else. <laughs> he gave them to you. So then that you're the best answer. Don't compare yourself anymore. Cast it off. Secondly, do what Jesus asked you to do. When you do that, you'll be doing just fine. Thirdly, get into community and get your kids into community. This youth group is awesome. My daughter comes home every Sunday with something amazing to say about their time in junior high. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you, Danielle. These kids are having a blast over there. I'm telling you what. Get your kids into community. A Christ-centered community is best because I'm going to be honest with you, you can't raise your kids alone. You need other adults. Lastly, trust Jesus even when you biff it. I've biffed it. I know I've biffed it. Anybody lay at bed at night be like, oh, I biffed it that time <laughs> with my kids. And then I cry for like 40 minutes until I go to sleep. The only thing that gets me through those moments is handing it to Jesus because it's his grace that's new every morning for you as a mama, as a daddy, as a parent. I'm so thankful for my mamas. And I'm so thankful for the mamas in this house. Keep it up. Keep loving those kids because I will tell you, and this is not always true in other churches. I've been to a lot of them. I can tell the mamas in this house love the babies. And I'm not just talking about their own. Thank you for loving all the babies in this house. And if God is putting in your heart, I need to love more babies, go see Brittany. Go see Isaac. We need more helpers to love babies. All right? Thank you, guys. Okay.